Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome back to Echo. Super glad that you're with us. And I have two awesome guests today, Pastor Ross Knight and Ruby Pimentel. I think I, I, I tried. So <laughs> let's go ahead and start with, uh, with some introductions here. Ruby, let's start with you. Well, like um, you mentioned, my name is Ruby Pimentel. I'm currently going to start working in the Asheville area as a head pastor there. And um, yeah, I come from different places. Okay, there you go. All right. And Ross? Uh, name's Ross Knight, and I uh, pastor up in Boone and Banner Elk, North Carolina, up in the mountains. Gotcha. So just a fair warning to our listeners on this. This is a heavy topic, uh, and so we just want you to know if you're struggling with the loss of a loved one as we kind of jump into this, um, we want you to know that, that um, God does love you, He's with you, and, and, and we just want to give you a heads up that we're going to dive into maybe some personal experiences today and, 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 and talk about how we've struggled with this in our perspectives, and we hope this can be an encouragement to you. And so, to Ruby and Ross, let's kind of jump in here. Uh, we're talking about the loss of a loved one. How do I deal with it? What's the response? And, and even if you want, you can even jump into how to support someone else who's dealt with the loss of a loved one. Um, so, any, any kind of initial, initial thoughts on it? Well, for me, I think about my life and, and you know, honestly, I've lost a couple grandparents, but I will say uh, my context doesn't come with a whole lot of loss, and I know that's coming. I know, I know that won't be forever, but for me, I haven't had to deal with, you know, any unexpected loss. I do know many who have, but my, my own personal experience has yet to be defined by something that is a great loss. But the reason I, I say that is because I think there's I think there are those out there who can relate to that and also recognize that someone's gonna approach you who has experienced a great loss. And for me, what I have had to do is continue to pinch myself with when someone comes up to me and expresses that they have gone through a great loss or that maybe a, maybe a spouse has passed away or an unexpected death that's, that's taken place in their life. And I have to pinch myself to say, Ross, this is not the time for you to talk. This is the time for you to listen. Hmm. This, is, this is the opportunity you have to be able to listen, share, empathize, but this is not the time for you to take over and tell someone how they need to feel right now. Because... Uh, because it is their unique personal experience. And who am I at that exact moment to tell them exactly how they should be feeling? Now, at the same point, we have opportunities where we can, where we can, especially when they're asking you, uh, asking you for your thought and your opinion. But at the same time, I think the, my, my, for at least my personal struggle is not to jump in there and tell them exactly uh, exactly what God's going to do and exactly how they're going to feel better. Because the truth is, I don't know the answer. That's huge. I One of the things that I had to learn when I was dealing with loss, I, I lost my dad when I was 17 to a heart attack and, and a friend in a car accident a month later. And so all unexpected and, 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 and hard to deal with, especially as a 17-year-old. So, you know, with college choices ahead of me and all trying to figure out my life and also now reeling from loss... Uh, was people trying to tell me how I should grieve uh, and, and and how they perceived it. I had one person uh, within a year of my dad dying. I 
for for personal reasons I chose, I said I didn't want to cry at the funeral. And uh, and I had to speak. I had to give a short eulogy and uh, in tribute to my dad. And someone told me within a year, they basically said, you know, when you didn't cry at your own dad's funeral, I thought you were just trying to make it all about you. Um, and, and to this day, it sticks out as one of like the harshest things that anyone's told. And I was like, well, why do I have to measure up to your standards of what grieving is when everyone's everyone's pattern of grief is completely different. So I, I really resonate with that from the other side of having been told, like, you know, you shouldn't grieve like this or, or, or you shouldn't feel like this or react this way. I do think there are some dangerous ways to grieve as far as, like, causing harm, physical harm to yourself Absolutely. or to someone else. But as far as, you know, how someone cries or how often they they they, they reel from in, in pain, like, that's that's something completely different. And I don't know that that's something that we dictate for other other people. Yeah, definitely. There's not a way how to dictate um, um, somebody's dealing with different kind of losses because we do have to acknowledge that there's a lot of different kind of losses. You know, um, we only think about loss usually when it comes to a death of losing somebody and you're never going to see them. But there's a lot of people dealing with losses, whether it's a marriage, yeah, there's a loss mm. too. That's like death. Um, and I don't know if it's bigger than the other because you can still see the person, but it's, you know, it didn't work yeah. out. But, you know, something I would just want to um, continue something what um, Pastor Ross mentioned. Um, loss is different, but there's one thing that is common in a loss, which is pain. Pain is pain. doesn't matter how you put it, it still hurts. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I, I tell people when um, they're dealing with losses and having personal experience, different kind of losses in my life is that, I just go back to how I felt, that pain, and if I have an opportunity, I don't share how to deal with the loss, but yes, with the pain. You know, mm. when I was in pain, I didn't want people talking to me, so I don't talk to other people because yeah. I know how it feels. Yeah. You know, um, you know, when I was in pain, I wanted to be alone, so, you know, I, I understand when people are trying to be alone, and I'm, I make sure I'm, I'm not telling them, oh, you can't be alone. No, because that's exactly what you felt at that moment. So I think understanding pain will help us to, um, you know, better help others dealing with, with losses. Um, and at the same time, we have to remember that in the middle of the, uh, uh, when we experience a loss, um, and I love the fact that um, Pastor Ross mentioned this, don't overwhelm people trying to help them. I think the best help is not helping at the moment, I guess. Yeah. Um, because even, you know, you look at the Bible, when Jesus, when he dealt with pain, he wanted to be alone, right? When you go to the book of Matthew, you know, he lost his cousin. He wanted to be alone. That's why he went separate mm -hmm. place. So um, I, th I think um, not burying the person with our presence, it's it's a good way to help them yeah. with dealing with loss. Well, my experience is, too, because... You know, I right now I'm uh, the pastor of a of a church that's has a, a lot more of an elderly congregation and, and feel to it. And uh, there's been several instances where you know I think I think one six week period we had four funerals in in that time, and it was difficult to first off uh, kind of read that not every person is coping exactly the same way with the loss of a loved one. Uh, not every family was coping with it the same way. And so as I'm sharing and speaking with the different, uh, different people kind of going beforehand, you know, some people, some people probably were, were struggling to a point where they couldn't even think about, you know, putting together 
the order of, uh, you know, of what they would like to see happen during the funeral. They couldn't even think about it. And then there's others who are, you know, more like, well, this is expected. And so already have like a detailed yeah. list of like, put it in my lap saying, hey, this is how I want the funeral to go. And uh, and then just kind of it's, it's, it's easy like that. And so um, people are people are going to cope in different in different ways. Always, 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 there is pain, and and sometimes people are are a lot, uh, you know, more obvious that they're in pain, and some of them are trying to to hide it or mask yeah. it or trying to, uh, and so I think I think that's why I'm always trying to control my knee jerk reaction as to how I respond, because uh, if I if and I and I'm speaking from experience of not handling it the correct way, like speaking immediately without thinking things through or taking time to listen. Um, first off, you know, we can really, really do damage there. And then second off, when they ask you, uh, when they give you some time and they see that you're there, they're going to ask you questions and they're going to, uh, they're going to ask for an opportunity for, uh, to be able to, to share how they feel and look for some advice and, and asking you to speak into their life, but it's easier to speak into someone's life when they give you permission to do so. Absolutely. Waiting for that permission is key. And I think going going back, Ruby, to what, what you said earlier as well, there are different kinds of losses and there's different reactions to those losses. There's different kinds of pain. Like I can think of when my dad died, I was numb for a period. I didn't cry as much, or if I did cry, I didn't feel the um, the strong emotion from crying. My body was just uh, there was this physical reaction to the stress of everything. But when I've lost relationships, I've like straight bawled my eyes out um, in, in pain and grieving, and 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 there's this it's a different pain. And I've and I've felt guilty at times because I'm like, why did I cry harder for these rather than than this? And it's a it's a completely different type of loss. But b too, there's this interesting thing with relationships and, and marriages and divorce where because the other person's still alive and you can see them, there's always this what if in the back of your mind, you know, what if I did, what if I could have done something different? What if, what if there was, there was something more or, or something I was missing? Whereas with, with the loss of a loved one, especially an unexpected loss, it's a, it's a matter of acceptance that, well, there is nothing I could have done and, and it just is what it is. There's no chance of going back because the person is gone. But with relationships, it's a different kind of pain because the person isn't always gone, so to speak. And it's harder to accept it when they're still alive and walking around and enjoying life. And and so it, it is a completely different kind of pain and, and different kinds of pain call for different coping mechanisms and different different grieving processes. They, they can also add on to each other. For yes. instance, uh, like, for, you know, you bring up an example of a relationship ending and, and we bawl our eyes out at the loss of a, of a girlfriend or something like that or or bawl our eyes out, uh, you know, I'm talking about like in the more like in your teenage years of like, oh, this was the most important thing and realize later it's, that wasn't the, really that big of a, <laughs> big of a thing. Um, but, you know, I had an example when I was up in, in grad school and um, I was uh, – a friend of mine had, had asked me to meet him uh, for breakfast because he had had to put down his dog the, the night before. Now, I think about that and I'm, I'm thinking from a context of, man, it's sad when you lose a dog. But, you know, like you move on. You know, yeah. it, it, eventually you're going gonna to move on. Well, I, I sat across from my friend openly weeping and it – if you didn't know any better, you would have thought that he had lost his mother. Um, hmm. And and he's just he's just bawling his eyes out, and he and and uh, can't focus on anything. We got this big breakfast in front of us. He doesn't want to even touch it. And 
is again the loss of his dog. His dog had had a degenerative disease that it, that had uh, it was a boxer, and so that's something that sometimes they they have even at a younger age. I think the dog was only like six years old or so, and and so it he or she had been uh, struggling to couldn't even couldn't even get up anymore. He had to like carry her out to go use the bathroom and wow. things, and so he had to put her down. And so I talked to him and I listened to him, and he's he's asking questions like, you know, if I'm this sad about losing my dog. Uh, if I'm this sad about losing my dog, how does God see this happen and allow it to happen? And then also see all the even worse things happen in the world and not do anything about it. And uh, in that moment, I had to like, again, I had to kind of pinch myself and say, all right, this is not your, this is not your turn to reach out and say all the things he probably already knows and can gather himself in that instance. But what I realized as I listened to him talk, this dog had been, his his person his uh you know with him through giving up a whole bunch of things in his life he left behind relationships he left behind uh left behind a, a huge job he left behind all these things to come up and uh, he was studying to be a pastor at this point his dog was the thing that he had stayed with him throughout that so the dog was kind of representative of all the pain and loss that he had been experiencing up until this point and then even the dog was uh was taken from from his life and and so for me as i'm listening to that i'm saying i'm so glad i didn't say anything uh you know <laughs> 30 minutes earlier when i was wanting to yeah. be like come on dude get over it it's your dog you know um <laughs> I, I think you know I, I think we all we all can agree that um the hardest thing not from um from the other perspective, from the other person that hasn't experienced that loss or not going through that loss, is to learn how to not to react, meaning not to say things at once. And I think one of the best ways that can help us to help others is also understanding the different stages in the loss. You know, people will have different stages. Some will go through all of them in months. Others take a year. And, you know, talking about loss, I mean, like I mentioned from the beginning, I've experienced a lot of loss, not only death in my family. I went myself through a divorce uh, a mm -hmm. few years back. So and, and I understand that kind of sense of loss and losing everything. But one of the things I will always remember is that um, there are stages to that loss. Um, after I went through mine and dealt with it, all kind of things, you know, you feel the world is coming down. You feel you lost everything. But I, I was helping this friend that was just going through the same kind of loss that I experienced through divorce. And she was just talking to me, oh, Adam, and oh, I'm through, I'm done. And in my mind, I know she hasn't gone through all the stages. So, but I didn't want to react. I said, yeah, that's good. I just kept encouraging her or listening to her. One of the biggest help we could give is to listen. Is to listen. When we learn how to listen to those going through those losses, it just helps them to kind of get out of the system all the things that are going in their mind, how they feel yeah. And they feel relieved, and you don't have to even say a word. So I just kept listening to her, anyways. Make it, you know, story short. I remember that after a year, I kept my mouth quiet, didn't say much. I just kept saying, "Hey, you know, just go through the process. You know, this it's not over. You know, you will experience other things." She said, "No, no, you're wrong. I'm over. I'm through." And then just like uh, after a year, I remember one day she she called me all crying. Oh, you were right. I still have pain and suffering. And she realized, hey, there are stages. Yeah. And even myself today, I mean, nobody's always cured from a from a loss completely because you always have thoughts that, you know, takes you back. But, you know, understanding the different stages of loss is so helpful, not just for us, but also to help those that are suffering. Yeah. 
you gotta understand those stages is different. Um, others will react. Other, just like you mentioned, you know, you didn't you didn't cry at the beginning. Other people would just completely, you know, lose it. I remember when I lost my my grandmother. You know, I was the one in charge because I'm the I'm the pastor of the family, so everybody relies on me. And I had to go and and do all the you know all the funeral things and arrangement with my mom. And I was strong, and everybody else was crying. I was the one who had to show them the pastor of the house, and I can't. And this is my grandmother, which for me was kind of like my mom because, you know, I was with her all the time. And then until one moment, it just came out of the blue. I was preaching in the middle, and all of a sudden, I felt this sense of loss and hurt and pain, mm. and I just lost it. At the beginning, I didn't feel anything. I was just helping everybody. I bought the, you know, everything, flowers, all that kind of stuff, help organize everything. And then just boom came out of nowhere. So that means there's different stages and it's so vital guys that we, we understand that. And, and for anybody that is listening, you, you must understand because a loss is a loss. I don't care how big it could be a dog. Hey, I've seen people crying for cats. I'm not too big with cats. <laughs> so when I, <laughs> I see them it, crying yeah. with cats, I'm like, really a cat, but, but that's it, their pain and acknowledging that is really important. And I think um, you touched on this too, that that pain is always with you. One of the things I've recently kind of come to the conclusion on, you, you feel free to disagree, just know that you're wrong, uh, is um, <laughs> I really think that that closure is a myth. Like I think the, 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 the opportunity to say closure as if I can close this chapter of my life and move on to the next as if, you know, and that chapter is always behind me. When you deal with loss, it's never just behind you. And this is why we see people, you know, form scholarship funds or memorial buildings and things like that is because what they're doing is instead of just closing the book on this, that person is still a part of their life and a part of their identity and who they are. And it's it's this thing of it's it's accepting a new normal, but it's not closing off the old. And that, that new normal now carries with you and it's figuring out how do I live my life understanding that this pain is now a part of my life and, and is an identifier of who I am. Uh, and I carry a part of that person's identity with me now. And so that's huge. I, I, I don't know that we should be desperately searching for closure so much as establish it, so much as searching to establish what our lives look like now in a new normal. I agree. I think when it comes to, when it comes to closure, I think you're right in the sense that, it, that closure is not the end of it. Like I, I, I have, I have now, I moved on and forgotten all about the past. Basically, you know, that's not, that's not what closure would be. You know, I think positive closure is to be able to, uh, to be able to move on to a degree, continue with your life and continue to, to function and function well at, without having, you know, a weight that is just continually shackling you back down. But, you know, you're a hundred percent right when you say that you can't just don't you can't just forget that it ever happened uh, like you know there's a there's a sweet sweetest old lady who has uh lost uh, two husbands in in her life and uh she attends my church and the day that uh, the anniversary of 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 her husband's death both of them is always a very difficult difficult day for her it's hard for her to do all the things that she does normally every day it's difficult because she can't help but think about the toll and the weight of losing that loved one hmm. and that always hits her at the same time i you know i i, I think about uh, my sister-in-law who lost her father last year unexpectedly and it's like in this last year you know she is 
she'll be doing anything. And there's just so many things remind, remind her of the loss of her father. Um, and you know, you get on Facebook for instance, and you know, Facebook has like memories now and brings up all, all previous memories and things like that. And sometimes these memories that will pop up are just the hardest things in the world to, to see. And so I think to be able to find closure is, is really more about acceptance than anything is accepting this is what has taken place. Uh, this is what's taken place and accepting that things are never going to be the same, but also understanding that God still has a present plan for you to enact as well. Absolutely. Um, and I, and I think acceptance as well comes with accepting. Maybe I won't ever have all the answers um, about this, but I trust that one day, because I do believe in God, he'll come again. I will get the answers to those questions. And so um, thank you guys for sharing your perspectives for the transparency and the honesty. Uh, this is a hard topic, and it's, it is it is a tough topic to navigate. I just want to give you an opportunity here. Any final thoughts you want to leave with our listeners? Just keep in mind that even if you lose something, it doesn't mean the end, the end of the world. That's what I learned through my experience going through loss. Hmm. Uh, for me, I just kind of think about how, you know, from my perspective, I although I haven't experienced a, a great significant loss, as a, I also know, and I know there are those out there who probably feel that way too, loss is going to come. You know, I'm not, I'm not immune to that, and I know no one else is going to be immune to loss does come. But, and I don't know that we can prepare ourselves, but I do know that I can trust in the God who is with us, even in the midst of great tragedy and loss that we experience in life. Absolutely. Thank you. And, and, and my final thoughts on this would be even in, in preparation for a, maybe a coming loss, you don't know what it's going to be or where it's going to come from is uh, surround yourself with positive people and not just positive, like happy, go lucky people, but, but people who actually build you up and make you a better person and people who are willing to stick with you through the good uh, and through the bad. So Um, Thank you guys for sharing your thoughts. This has been an awesome conversation. I've really enjoyed it. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And we, uh, we are praying for you. If you are someone who's going through loss, we, uh, we want you to know that there is hope for you. There is uh, there is a light at the end, and we want you to know that, that God isn't that light at the end, but he's with you in the tunnel, and he will be with you at the end as well. And so you are not alone. You're not the only one to deal with this, and we hope that you have found some, some hope and encouragement here from us and our stories. So thank you guys so much for listening to Echo, and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.